Hello and welcome to The Northern Connection, a podcast where four Northern-based book lovers indulge their love of reading. My name's Emma, and along with Jules, Rachel and Rebecca, we caught up with Rachel Joyce in this latest episode. Rachel is the author of a short story collection and multiple novels, including the International and Sunday Times bestsellers, The Unlikely Pilgrimage of Harold Fry, and The Love Song of Queenie Hennessy. We're delighted that she was able to join us to talk about the third book in this trilogy. Hello, Rachel, and welcome to the Northern Connection. Can you tell us a little bit about your latest book, Maureen Fry and the Angel of the North? Yes, Maureen Fry and the Angel of the North is uh, the third in the Harold Fry trilogy, though it's also a standalone novel. Um, and it picks up Harold and Maureen 10 years after the walk uh, that Harold made uh, to try and save his dying friend, Queenie Hennessy, when he walked from one end of the country to the other. But Maureen, for Maureen, there's always been something that's unresolved. And this book really is her, it's the sort of last part of the jigsaw. And it's where she makes her own journey. And have you always known you wanted to write Maureen's story? Yes, I did know. I, I, I knew I needed to write it. But... Um, I wasn't sure that I could for a very long time. It came about because a reader said to me um, at an event, I mean, you know, way, way back, 10 years ago when when Harold Fry first came out, she said, you do know this is a trilogy, don't you? <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, no, you know, I think I've just finished this book. Um, I can't write any more. But as readers often are, you know, she was right. I really knew when she said it that she was right. <laughs> And so actually writing Queenie's, Queen, the kind of second book, which was Queenie's um, kind of point of view, was pretty straightforward um, because I was pretty close to Queenie and I felt there was so much to say about her. But I've always put off Maureen's journey because I knew she was difficult and I knew it was going to be hard for me to write. Interesting. And... Do you have a favourite character from Harold, Queenie and Maureen? No, I've never really had a favourite um, because, I mean, people do ask me that and I sometimes think, well, it would be a bit like me saying which of my children are my favourite. I just couldn't possibly say I have a favourite <laughs> child, even though they're always trying to get me to do it. <laughs> I, um, I feel very strongly about all of them and very close to all of them. But I mean, I think the only thing I would add is that the Maureen, because Maureen's book is still so new, I guess that's the one I feel most protective about at the moment. You know, it's a bit like when your child first learns to walk and you sort of are waiting to make sure they don't fall over all the time. I feel a bit like that with Queenie. And Maureen, I mean, sorry, I feel like that with Maureen. So, um, as you wrote each of these books, did you learn new things about the characters with each book or was everything fully formed when you wrote Harold's story? Well, I mean, I'm, I think as you write, you always learn more, however planned it is and however much you think you know everything because it's a bit like life, really. You know, the more you look at something, the more you see. And also, I was all, I'm always very interested in why people are the people they are and what, you know, what has made them like that from their childhood 
or um, disappointments or frustrations or um, surprises? You know, what what's led them to the kind of difficult place at which I normally pick them up at the start of a book? Um, so in terms of what I kind of knew, I knew a fair bit. But the more I wrote, the more I I churn up. And then there's always a point with the book where I think, hang on a minute, is it necessary for the reader to know all of this? And it generally isn't, but it is necessary for me. So then there's this kind of process of cutting and suggesting things. And um, but that, you know, that comes much later. That's yeah. Brilliant. Um- the Northeast features in all three books. Is this through a personal connection that you have to the Northeast or for another particular reason? To be honest, with Harold Fry, I didn't really know Barrack on Tweed very well at all. I knew it as a student who'd gone on the train <laughs> up to Edinburgh to get to the festival and always been really struck by Berwick and that bit of coastline. But I didn't I didn't really know it for myself. And then when I was writing the first book, Harold Fry, I, I knew that I wanted him to do this extraordinarily long walk, but I didn't want it to be the kind of land's end to John O'Brokes. I knew that. So I knew that I was going to start it in Kingsbridge in South Devon, which is where my husband grew up. But I needed to find somewhere that was sort of, you know, a very, very long way away, <laughs> but not the obvious and Berwick just, I thought, Berwick, that's brilliant. Um, so I started writing uh, about Berwick and I did lots of research, but it was only really when the book came out that I was invited to Berwick properly to go and, you know, to go and see. And I was so moved by it because it had been so big in my imagination that to actually be there felt very special. Yeah. And that sort of began this relationship, really, with the Northeast. Um, so when I was writing the Queenie book, I knew very clearly in my mind that she lived in our hut. And I thought that it, it wasn't in Berwick, but I thought it would be near Craster, which I also sort of knew a little. Um, and so we went to Craster, and I was trying to find where I thought, where I imagined Queenie's hut would be. And then I kept thinking, no, this isn't right. This isn't right. And then we went up a bit to Embleton Bay. I was just bowled over because on the clifftop, there are all these huts, I mean, these sort of chalets, just like the one I'd been imagining for Queenie. And then I sort of started going back, really, um, because I felt so drawn by the landscape. I love the openness of it. I find it really moving. I love, I mean, I love the flatness of it too, which is strange for me. But I've had, I've had some amazing trips up there. And most recently I went, when I just finished writing Miss Maureen's book, I took myself back there and, um, just walked and walked along the coast and was, mm. you know, I was there at sunset and I was there up there again for the sunrise. I'm just, it was just so beautiful and nobody, nobody but me. Yeah, it's one of my favourite parts of the country. We we go a lot. Do you? Um, Beadenall and Dunstanborough and all around there. It's, it's absolutely stunning. And, yeah, the openness and the sky is what really... 
I love that feeling of just standing. It feels like you're standing on the edge of the world at times. Yeah, it really does. I mean, I was really struck by it. I mean, I'm a big sky lover. I really, really love big skies. Mm. And uh, I find them very inspiring as well, creatively. Um, but yeah. I think that coast, you know. Yeah. I grew up in the Fens, so actually big skies were my childhood. Um, and I now live in Cumbria. And it took me a really long time to get over the amount of hills and the fact that I couldn't see beyond. I felt quite hemmed in when we first moved mm -hmm. here that you can't, you can't see beyond. And actually, I really miss the big skies, really miss. So you just hinted a little bit about inspiration for your stories, you know, places like that. So is that where you find inspiration for your stories or do you have other ideas behind them? I do. I mean, I do. I do get inspiration definitely um, from walking or from just because I happen now to work. I work in a caravan on the whole which is on the edge of a field, which is on the edge of a valley. So I, I can really see the weather coming in and I can really see the sky. And I find, I mean, even if I'm not writing about those things, I just find that space gives my imagination a lot of room to kind of travel, really. But having said that, I also feel as a writer that there can be times when you get stuck and it's sort of because you need to connect with the real world you know you've just sort of forgotten a bit what it looks like because you've got so caught up in your imaginary people and um so i do i do find often that if i'm really lost and stuck actually i just need to go and sit in a cafe or walk around stroud or just you know look and see what people are doing so obviously great writers are also great readers what do you look for in the books that you choose to read? I, well, the thing I look for is the thing that I think is is most difficult to explain. And it's it's kind of elusive as a quality, but it's to do with the voice of a book. And I think that takes a very long time as a writer to find. Each book has a slightly different voice, even though it's always your voice. It just, it, it, it has a slightly different energy. And I think it takes a very long time to find that. And the books that I really love have a very clear voice, um, whether it's a you know a very compassionate, tender voice, a wise voice, very funny. I think it uh, it's it's it sort of is the basket in which the whole story sits. And um, when I believe that, I'm with it. But if I don't, it's very difficult for me to really be transported by a story in the way I think you should. Um, are you able to tell us what you're working on now? Yeah, I could. But the thing is, that we probably would be here for about 10 hours. Um, <laughs> that was so ridiculously detailed. Uh, but, and the other thing is with me that I am always working kind of certainly at the initial stages of anything on about three things at once. So insanely, I'm working on a new book, which I was actually working on before I started writing the Maureen book, but I, I, I stopped that because Maureen seemed very, very clear in my head. So I just had to abandon what I was doing. So I've gone back to this book, which is about siblings um, and what happens when a stranger comes into the family. 
Um, but I'm also, I wrote the screenplay for the film of um, The Unlikely Pilgrimage of Harold Fry, which comes out next year. So I now have another film sitting on my desk, waiting to be written. And then bizarrely, I also have a musical. <laughs> There's always quite a bit and several emails that really need to be written, but won't get written. Yeah, but they're always the boring ones that you put off, aren't they? This the emails. So that's good. And finally, what's obviously our podcast is the Northern Connection. So what's your favourite book or author with a Northern Connection? Well, I mean, it's books, really, because um, my mum is um, from Brighouse. And uh, as a child, we always, always spent time in Brighouse. And I only have to hear that when it was West Riding then, but that accent and I melt I just, it's a bit, just reminds me of my grandmother and people being kind to me and going to bingo with her and, you know, just, I mean, all those things I loved. So we had a, we used, whenever we went to Brighouse, we would always, always go to Howard. And um, I, I mean, I have a very strong connection, as many of us do with the Brontes. But I'm lucky in that, Another of my hats is a, a radio playwright, and I've, I've been fortunate enough to adapt all of the Brontes. I've done in all of them. So I've had a kind of very close relationship with those books in the sense that I've kind of read them as a child, I've read them as an adult, and then I've dissected them as a radio writer and tried to lift them over to radio. So they're very, they're very present for me. And, you know, a bit like, you know, do I have a favorite character of my own? I mean, do I have a favorite one? I don't. I Sorry, that was my dog. It's nothing to do with me. That was my other dog attacking that dog. They're getting across with me. Anyway, so, so, I mean, the Brontes are just, it's a very, it's a very strong connection and it will be for a very long time. I mean, I love... I love Jane Eyre because it's just, it's so perfect structurally. Wuthering Heights, I tried to adapt on. I love that too, but I don't think anybody survives trying to adapt Wuthering Heights. It's like a book that bites you the moment you come near it. And into Wildfell Hall, I think, is the most extraordinary book. And um, again, just so, you know, you can just sort of lift it out very carefully into drama. And it's just still so relevant um, Shirley, I love Villette. Villette is a kind of mad, sort of hallucinatory kind of book. Agnes Grey is a very kind of, I think it's a bit of a sort of Jane Austen kind of book. So I, I, I am, yeah, those are my my favourite Northern books. Well, it's interesting you should talk about because uh, we're we're all spread over the north, aren't we? And we we um, spend a bit of time in Howarth when we meet up. So. Um, yeah, that's interesting to know. I'm just rereading Wuthering Heights, which must be for about the 30th time, something like that. I think I first read it when I was 14, and I don't think I've missed many years reading it since. So there we go. Yeah. I love doing that, though. I love kind of having a book that you keep keep going back to because as you change, you just keep finding new things in it or different things or understanding them in a different way. It's a very different story now to the book I read when I was 14. No. You know, I, I saw it in a very romantic light when I was 14 and it's 
it's quite dark, isn't it? It's not that romantic it's, book at it's all. Such a dark book. Yeah. I I do not know how anybody could kind of describe it as a romantic book. But I mean, and also I think it's so misrepresented on the whole because it's actually very much about the children of of Heathcliff and Cathy, whereas mm. you know, it's, normally we see it and it sort of cuts off at the halfway point. So, you know, you can't really get a redemptive story, honestly, out of Cathy and Heathcliff. But, you know, if you follow it, the book through, it goes to a more, a slightly more kind of lighter place. But it's still pretty dark and wet. It is pretty dark. It definitely is pretty dark. I think when we first did our first podcast, which was way back when, we had to choose our favourite ever book and it, Wuthering Heights was mine. And actually, that was the book I said I was going to be buried with. <laughs> so I think we we had, we had that was one of our questions for a while, wasn't it? Which book do you want to be buried with? So um, yeah, it went down a very dark route. Thank you so much, Rachel. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you this evening, and um, we wish you all the luck in the world with Maureen Fry. Not that you're going to need it because it's another stunning book, um, and definitely look forward to the musical. That's something. <laughs> Won't we all? <laughs> All right. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you. It's been really lovely speaking to you.